The title of our series is The Red and the Blue. And uh, this morning is part two as we talk about um, how to avoid uh, political uh, idolatry. And we're going to be in Psalm chapter 146 verses uh, 10 through 13 uh, this morning. But it's been an interesting week, hasn't it, uh, in our community, our uh, city council uh, approved the MSA, which is uh, the first step in um, allowing a casino to uh, come into our community. And uh, this issue has uh, really uh, divided our community. Now, that doesn't mean that a casino is coming for sure. There's still more hoops that uh, the city council needs to um, to be jumping through, and uh, we still need to be voicing our opinion. But uh, it's not not a time to, to give up hope or to be hopeless. You know, um, <clears throat> throughout history, uh, there have been difficult decisions, uh, painful decisions uh, made that uh, have been against the church, and uh, this doesn't even brush the surface. But, uh, you know, it's easy that when we see decisions of this nature uh, made, we can get discouraged, uh, depressed, and uh, it's, it's not a time to be depressed. God is in control. Jesus is on his thro- throne. So I want to encourage us this morning. If, if politics is um is is our idol if we make politics our idol then it is really easy to get de- depressed and discouraged over um, decisions of this nature but I want to talk about this morning how to avoid political idolatry and we're going to be looking at Psalm 146 this morning and I want us to read verses uh, three through ten. The psalmist says this, Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. How do we avoid political idolatry? 
three things I want to share with you this morning. And the first is this. It's not a time to avoid uh, the political process. God would not have us to avoid the political process. God would have us participate in the political process. Why are you and I to participate in politics? Government is an institution that God established. And God, this is, this is God's way to show his common grace to all people. Uh, God uses um, government to help care for people. He uses it. It's one of the tools that shape uh, the culture and the character around us. It's government. And, and the decision, this initial decision that our city council made this last Thursday in accepting the MSA and possibly allowing a casino to come into our community is truly going to shape the culture and character of Ridgecrest for years to come if a casino comes to our community. And as Christians... We should have an opinion about this. We should care what um, might happen to our community. We should be involved in the process. And the reason why we should be involved in the process, it's because it's one of the ways that we show love to our neighbor. Because government helps shape the culture and community around us. God uses government to help promote justice and provide a better society for all. Now, there are differing opinions, aren't there, as to how uh, that society is going to be better. Okay, On both sides of the issue, uh, people have uh, ideas, thoughts about this, but nonetheless... As God's people, we need to be involved in helping make things better when it comes to our political process, when it comes to our government. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Paul says this, First of all, then, I urge you that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. We have a responsibility, church, to pray for our government leaders. We have a responsibility to pray for our city council. We need to continue to pray for our city council as they consider this extremely uh, important issue. It's God's way of showing his common grace, his love, his care for all of us. Could you imagine what our society would be like if we didn't have any formal government? Can you imagine the chaos 
that we would be living in. And you can see a glimpse of this as we read uh, newspaper articles and reports, watch the news about Syria and how that, that government is in chaos. But when it comes to government, church, the government is not our end all. You know, that's not our everything. The government is not our salvation. To think that the government is our salvation is to think worldly, is to think secularly, and not biblically. It's the gospel that is eternal. It is the gospel that changes hearts. It is not the government. Jesus is our solid rock. And I like what Jody Bachman, uh, uh, Vody Bachman said. He said, if God calls you to preach, don't stoop to be a king. You know, it's, it's the gospel. It's proclaiming the gospel. It's proclaiming the truth that's going to set people free. But again, God wants us to be involved in politics. Why? Because it's the gospel. Jesus came. And Jesus came into our world. He got involved in our life. And he addressed the most critical critical aspect of all creation. Sin. That separated us from God. And Jesus confronted it with love. And the gospel is all about God coming and intervening in our world to show us a better way. And God would, God wants His church to be involved in the community and to help our community make decisions that will provide a better life for everyone. And again, what that better life is, there are opposing opinions concerning that. But God would have us have a voice. He wants us to be involved in the day-to-day affairs. This is the gospel. Jesus says, render to Caesar what is Caesar, and to the Lord what is the Lord's. He doesn't want us to put our heads in the sand and hope that it just all goes away. You know, he doesn't want us to be so heavenly minded that we're of no earthly good. He wants us to be involved. And and the reason why is because God became involved by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to show us a better way. So it's not avoiding politics. It's participating. But how do you avoid the idolatry of politics? Well, number two, keep faith ahead of politics. Keep faith ahead of politics. Look at verses 5 and 6 of uh, Psalm 146. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, 
whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever. To avoid the idolatry of politics, friend, you need to feed your faith, not your politics. What does Paul say in Romans chapter 10, verse 17? Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. Let me ask you a question. Who are you listening to more these days? Are you listening to what the word says? Or are you listening to Rush, Bill, Glenn, Anne, Anderson, Wolf, who are you listening to more? If the word of God, if, if the word of God is not your primary authority, your primary voice, if you're not involved in this book, either, uh, your politics is either your faith, or you don't care about either. Church, we need to listen to the word of God. It is the word of God that feeds our faith. Kyle, when he was a little, our, our family just uh, got back some videos. Um, we've been, we've, you know, we, our family, we, we've never missed a, a moment of their growing up years. And, and we put all of those things on videotape. And uh, I thought those videos were all basically destroyed because they had sat out on the back patio for at least a year, okay, in all the elements and uh, we were thinking, well, we've lost all those memories. But just in case we sent them into this uh, company that reproduces those te- tapes digitally. And uh, lo and behold, they were able to capture all those moments. And uh, so it's been fun going back and, and watching those memories. And not necessarily that this memory is on video, but uh, Kyle had this uh, little... little um, um, medieval game thing. And they had these knights. And, uh, these knights had swords and shields. And, and, uh, this, if you look at those knights, that, those, you know, they're, um, they're appropriate for the size of the knight. But you look at the shield and it's really small. And I thought to myself, you know what? That's the size of the shield of a lot of Christians today. Because they don't allow the word of God to feed their faith. And if we neglect this book, if we ignore this book, guess what? Your faith doesn't grow. And that's how big your shield is. And when calamity comes into our life, we have all these challenges because our faith is small. We wither. We grow grow weary. We become depressed and we quit. God wants us, God wants to fortify our faith, to strengthen our faith, to feed our faith, and it comes through the Word of God. We need to feed our faith and not our politics.
No politician is more powerful than God. None. And we have elections coming up. We have elections in this community. We have elections across our our country this fall. And I know many of us are worried about what's going to happen to our nation and the, the choices that are before us. But I just want to remind you one more time that there is no politician, there is no president more powerful than God. That is our authority. He is our hope, and that's what we can look forward look forward in. I like what John Wesley observed many years ago. He said this about the fleeting glory of uh, politicians. He said this, I was in, a, in the robed, robed chamber adjoining the House of Lords when the king put on his robes. His brow was much furrowed with age and quite clouded with care. And is this all the world can give even to a king? All the grandeur it can afford? A blanket of ermine? Ermine was a... Uh, was a was kind of a cloak uh, made out of animal's fur uh, that was um, given to uh, people in high offices. A blanket of ermine round his shoulders, so heavy and cumbersome, he can scarcely move under it. A huge heap of borrowed hair with a few plates of gold and glittering stones upon his head. Alas, what a babel, babel meaning um, a trinket, is human greatness. And even this will not endure. Politicians, presidents, nations, leaders come and go. They are all temporal. And we are not to put our our faith, our hope, and their trust in them for our salvation. It will always, always fall short. We are to put our faith in the Lord. No matter who is president, Jesus will always be king. And when we are feeding our faith, we will know this. And we will not grow discouraged and disillusioned. So put your faith ahead of your politics. Feed your faith and not your politics. And then number three, we need to do what's best. Do what's best. Now, what's best? Well, number one, we need to trust God. Look at verses 3 and 4 of Psalm 146. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Psalm 20, verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. 
Psalm 118, verses 8 and 9 said, It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. How do we put our trust and hope in God when those in influential positions seem diametrically opposed to every moral fiber in our body, in your body? How do we keep trusting God? By feeding your faith, my friend. If you're getting your information or your wisdom from Fox News or CNN, you're not helping yourself. We need to feed our faith. Romans 10:17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. And as we feed our faith, we can stay positive. No matter which way the winds may blow, and they're going to blow this way for a while, and they're going to blow this way for a while, but it doesn't matter. When our faith is strong, we can have hope no matter what. Why? Because God uses. God uses government. And we may not agree with the government, but God is going to use his that government to, to support his will. Look at Isaiah chapter 10, verses 5 through 11. We won't read that this morning, but uh, Isaiah is talking about the Assyrian army, the enemy of God, that God is going to use to get Israel's attention because they have wandered away from the the truth. And they are going to be chastised. So it doesn't matter who is in office or what may be happening at the moment. God is going to use that authority to have God's way and will. I don't agree with what our city council did this last Thursday night. I don't know if a casino is going to come to Ridgecrest. And as much as I disagree with that and disagree with the location, guess what? If a casino comes to town, it's not going to be the end of the world. And God is going to use that in our community for his will, for his purposes. And the church is going to be there. God is going to use the church to help pick up the pieces because there are going to be more ministry opportunities here in our wonderful community. So it's not a time to lose hope. You look at Exodus, uh, the story of uh, Moses and his interaction with uh, the Pharaoh of Egypt. You read chapters 7 through 14. Uh, there's passages that talk about how Pharaoh um, hardened his own heart. And then there are other passages that say that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. But through it all, God was using a rebellious uh, Pharaoh for God to display 
his glory. You know, we look at the the plagues, the ten plagues that uh, God sent to the Egyptians. This was a message from God. God was showing the Egyptians that he was far he was far greater than any god that they worshiped. And every uh plague that we read about in the book of Exodus uh pertained to a particular god that the Egyptians worshiped. With the 10th plague being the the Pharaoh himself whom the Egyptians thought were a god. God was even mightier than the Egyptian pharaoh god. God is displaying his glory, and God is going to continue to display his glory, even as rebellious, unbelieving leaders might rule over us. Psalm 146.10 says, The Lord will reign forever, your God, O Zion, to all generations, praise the Lord. We are people of hope. It doesn't matter who's in office. It's not, doesn't matter what's happening in our world today. God is on his throne. God is sovereign and God is going to use it to display his glory to the nations, to the people who know God, to the people who don't know God. And so we as God's people need to do what's best. And what's best is to continue to trust God. And not only trust God, but secondly, put people before politics. Put people before politics. Look at verses 7 through 9. Look what God does who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. We need to be people who do what's best. And God says that we need to love our neighbor like we love our God. Look at Matthew chapter 22. Jesus says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law of all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. The way we keep our faith filter before our politics is to do what Jesus did. And what did Jesus say was most important? Jesus, Jesus was asked that question. He said, love God and love your neighbor 
as you love yourself. Now, loving God is important. We are to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But sometimes it's hard to see uh, that person loving God. The way we can show others and prove to God that we love him is by the way we treat our neighbor, the way we love, how we love our neighbor. As we love our neighbor, we are proving to God, we are showing God how much we love him. Jesus loved people. Church, this is our common ground. This was this is our common ground with the people who disagree with us, who have a different philosophy of what's best for our community, and that uh, that what makes our community better. Our common ground is that we can love them. We are not to be people who avoid the process, who just put our heads in the sand. No, God wants us to get involved. And the reason why he wants us to get involved is this government is one of the ways that helps make our community better. And he wants us to have a voice in that process. But the political process isn't to be our it isn't to be all ending. That is not our salvation. Our salvation is in the Lord. But in, by being involved in the process, we're showing concern for our neighbor. We're, lo- we're loving our neighbor by being involved in the process. I like what Jesse Rojo said in the Christian in the Christian Post. April 22nd, 2015, he said this. When the moral and righteous people of God do not take it upon themselves to vote or and or run for office, they are carelessly leaving the fate of future generations in the hands of the wicked and the immoral, and that is not loving your neighbor as yourself. We must show love to our neighbor, and this is one of the ways. Albert Moeller said this, Loving our neighbors cannot be done apart from our participation in the culture and in the political process. And But we must never put our faith, um, our politics, ahead of our faith. Because when we do, we don't come across as very loving. We come across rather abrasive, rather condescending, and rather ugly. And that's not, that is not Jesus' way. We're not to ignore the process. Jesus says, render to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to the Lord what is the Lord's. 
And as we involve ourselves, as our faith is ahead of our politics, God gives us the ability by his grace to love our neighbor. How are you doing at loving those who are on the opposite side of your political views? Personally, I haven't done a very good job. And even this week, and I've told, and I, I think I've told some some guys at the men's retreat this weekend, and 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 uh, and God corrected me. You know, I thought to myself, okay, uh, they want a casino to come to town. Well, our community is going to be voting on Measure L uh, here uh, shortly. And so I'm, I'm going to vote against Measure L. And I'm just going to allow our city council and our city to suffer the consequences with the, the choices that they've made. Let the casino pay for the police department and the library and everything else that uh, is necessary in our community. They can cover the three-quarters percent tax. But then God's Holy Spirit just reminded me. Bill, would that be very loving? Are you are you choosing to love your neighbor right now? Uh, our community needs more police officers. We need to keep the the police officers we currently have. The police department helps make our community better, safer. Aren't you being a bit vindictive, pastor? (laughs) Okay, Lord, I got the message. And I'm not saying how you are to vote. I'm just saying what God has spoken to me. We are to be people who love others. You know, we we may debate the issue. But we need to keep what's best, best. And Jesus said, love God and love your neighbor. That's best. And if that's your heart's desire, you're going to keep politics from becoming an idol in your life. Jesus is our only hope. It's only the gospel that will transform hearts. It's not whether or not a casino is going to come to Ridgecrest. It's not who's going to be in the Oval Office in Washington, D.C. It will forever be Jesus. And let's represent him well. Let's love him most. And let's love the people around us. That will be our influence. That will be what changes the culture and the character of not only our community, but our church. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the times in which we live. I thank you for 
the country in which we live. God, we are blessed beyond measure. There are people who are fleeing for their very lives to come to this nation. There are so many things, Lord, that we take for granted and we are critical concerning. God, we don't know what the days are like before us with those whom you appoint to, uh, to lead us. But God, may we represent you well. May we put others' interests ahead of our own. May we choose to get involved because, Lord, it's part It's part of loving our neighbor. Maybe you're here this morning and you haven't been loving your neighbor well. What would God have you to do to show him, God, that you love him by loving your neighbor? May you do it this week. Is your faith fearful? Is your faith small? Stop listening to the news and start feeding your faith through the word. He has a plan in it all. Father, thank you for this reminder this morning. May we avoid politics becoming an idol in our heart, in our life. May you always be primary, most important. And may you and may others see that as a result. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me, please?